What's up guys, here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 84, here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm good. I am, I mean, I am more than good considering the quality of football, the fun football we saw. Uh, World Cup semifinals are upon us. Um, we made history in many cases, and uh, I still, the first thing I got to ask, buddy, how you doing? You all uh, right? I'm coping. I'm coping. That's what yeah. I got to say. I'm coping with a defeat that Morocco showed up. Buffal, mm. Onahi, Amrabat, Bono, all these players have showed up. So I am, I'm coping. And with the fact that Ferdinand Sench has to yeah. go, and I can inform everyone right now, Ferdinand Sench is leaving Portugal. He's leaving Portugal national team. Okay, I, that's what I've been told by an insider. So that is my word on it but uh yes a lot of football that you mentioned and a lot of good games and i gotta say a game happened the france against england that france yep. win 2-1 and that game is deserving to be like a final to be like yep. a final what a game by these two teams england mm -hmm. played their part but they weren't mm -hmm. good enough and i just want to give a first highlight to antoine griezmann okay that there needs to go. be talked more with two assists in this game and he became the all-time top assister in french history this man just like sean felix is disrespected at atletico griezmann is much better of a player than he's showing at atletico but if France, he goes bold. So that's I. I mean, I mean, come on, Antoine Griezmann. Uh, if you're gonna throw Griezmann out there, you got to throw Olivier Giroud out there. These are two guys that are probably maybe some of the most underrated players, um, at least internationally, um, mm -hmm. at, as it stands. Uh, simply because uh, I don't know why. I don't know why, but there's a reason why Olivier Giroud is the all-time leading goal scorer now in French national team history, and there's a reason why Antoine Griezmann is now the all-time assist provider in French national team history. And um, come on, I, it, it really is. It really has been impressive. The delivery from Griezmann, the shifting of roles, mm -hmm. the ability for whatever Didier Deschamps asks Griezmann of Griezmann, um, the focus that was put on Mbappe allowed Griezmann the the space to to do what he needs to do to link up with Giroud and it really is impressive what he has done <laughs> for the French in this tournament considering how much that their best 11 uh mm -hmm. has been degraded and and there mm. there's a reason why France is literally the only team left uh that has gone 5 for 5 uh in terms of statistics uh in leading in xg in expected goals. They have won every one of their games, statistically speaking, in terms of expected goals, five for five. Um, whereas every one of these other teams uh, have have been kind of less than that, right? Or, I agree. It, wait, hold I on. Agree. Hold on. Is it France or is it Argentina that's done that? I I'm, can't. You know, <laughs> but, I think I have that statistic wrong, so don't quote me on that. But anyway, uh, yes. Griezmann, you're right. And and it all started, though, with Aurelien um mm -hmm. ballsy effort from outside the box um, uh i know pickford was a little bit kind of you know stuck behind the defenders couldn't necessarily see it but my goodness for him to have that clout for him to have that ability to take that shot in a world cup mm -hmm. uh quarterfinal uh it just tells you how much that next man up mentality in it, france is is really taking hold it's a fuck i gotta first go with Giroud, man a hundred percent bretson he's one of the most underrated number nines 
in the history of football. That is fucked. And this man is so underrated that he left Chelsea for two million. Okay, to AC Milan. And Chelsea replaced him with an 100 million striker, Lukaku. And now we yeah. can all see who's better. Who's better? And what a bad decision that was. Okay, I got it first day. And Chouameni. Chouameni with an absolute yep. rocket showing why he's a Galactico and why we don't even notice the no Pogba and no Kante in this team. He is the future. And Mbappe and Chouameni are two players that France have. And Teo Hernandez, three actually, that will be mm. considered the best players in their position okay definitely in the debate so france yeah. is france is very safe in the future in the future they, they, long term they are and, and france has not played great football this is not this is not the 2018 world cup winning squad different right and different but very different very I prefer different them. like they, I prefer them i like this team you do i pr okay. because because right. of how young Chouameni and Mbappe, like Chouameni is sure. 22, Mbappe is 23, and we, will, we, we definitely know now that France in the mm. next 12 years will be competing to get another World Cup. And if France wins this, Mbappe yeah. will have back-to-back -back World Cups. He's one World Aye. Cup to catching Pele. And if that happens, man, like the GOAT debate, debate just becomes a lot more complicated. A lot more, man, with the amount of yeah, Mbappe has. Jeez. I mean, he's 23. It's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, come on. In 2018, you know, Kylian Mbappe was not necessarily seen as the engine that, that led them, but he still scored four goals. Uh, do you know how many goals Olivier Giroud had for France in 2018? Mm, that's a good question. Like 30? I believe... No, I, no, no, no. In 2018, in their run to the World Cup final. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> tell me, tell me. <laughs> zero. Zero. Ooh. Zero. Improving. You know how many goals he, you know any goals he's got right now at 36 years old in this World Cup? <laughs> he's got four. He's literally in the golden boot running behind Kylian Mbappe. Olivier Giroud, I, it just and, and and then to discount, like you can't discount what he did for AC Milan in their run to the Scudetto. I mean, this guy mm -hmm. just knows how to get it done. He also had the audacity to attempt another scorpion kick, uh, this time in the World Cup quarterfinal. I mean, oh. Olivier Giroud is is a man that that uh, not only is he intensely good looking, uh, but he's a guy that knows how to get it done uh, on the pitch uh, when he's most needed. And oh. it, it really is going to come down to that, like, Kareem Benzema would have been here. Olivier Giroud would have gotten his chances, but there's no way he would have been scoring four goals for France if he did not start from the get-go in every one of his starts. True. Okay. True. So in in the in the end, um, anyone that says you know yes, Thierry Henry on his best footballing day was more of an electric footballer than Olivier Giroud will ever be. Okay. But when it comes down to it, Olivier Giroud has scored goals that are more important for France. Than Thierry Henry ever has, and okay? Mbappe's learning. So it, <laughs> and Mbappe's and Mbappe's learning. learning. <laughs> um, but we can't discount another another gentleman, another another um, you know longtime veteran Yo, uh, in this younger labelist side. We have to say Hugo Lloris. Yeah. Uh, he became the most capped French player on the day. He's also had, I believe, it's 119 of his 143 all-time caps for Les Bleus have been as him with the captain's armband.
Okay, so this guy's kind of presence for the French national team is also insanely immense for the longevity and the, and the ability to be uh, as good as they have been since that 2018 World Cup. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why France all time, I think they just made their seventh World Cup semifinal. That is more, believe it or not, it shocked me, that is more than Argentina's five World Cup <laughs> semifinals. That is more. You know, uh, so this, like, I agree with you. There's a conveyor belt now mm-hmm. that uh, it, it, there there is this feeling that France is going to be good for a long, long period of That's time true. because of what has happened in this World Cup and right if, now. What has happened in this World Cup? And if it's, it's like, amazing. if the Champs leaves this French national yeah. team, like, who coaches straight away? It's Zidane. So that just yeah. assures the quality of football that France will have the next eight to 12 years, these next three World Cups coming. Mbappe, Chouamani, Theo, Mike Magnan, Konate, Saliba, uh, Dembele will still be young. So so much you, so much you. you. And in this World Cup, the four possible outcomes of the World Cup, all of them are bold. If Morocco wins the World Cup, they're the first African team to do it. If Croatia wins it, it's the first time the Croatia, when Luka Modric icon wins it. If Argentina wins, Messi wins the World Cup. And if France wins the World Cup, it's a back-to-back win of the World Cup. And it's never happened in the history. So that is shocking. That is. I shocking. believe Brazil. I, Brazi- I believe Brazil. Brazil did it. Oh, so Brazil. Yeah. Back, but, 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 but that was, that was a long, 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 long time ago. <laughs> but um, and that was, yeah, with, with as many quality national team sides as we have um, these days, uh, I, I would argue it was a whole, it's a whole lot harder now to do back-to-back than it would have been uh, back in Pele's days. But listen, when all, is, when all is said and done, when all is said and done mm-hmm. with this France-England game, mm-hmm. England, in my opinion, played well. They England, did. in my opinion, played they well. Bukayo Saka was fun to watch. Wrong Bukayo Saka. Wrong what was that? Wrong yeah, wrong. Definitely. They did I agree. Well, but wrong substitutions. Yeah. So this is what I got to say. Do you yeah. think Southgate should should stay for England as England manager? Yeah, you know, I've been I've been thinking a lot about this. I I don't I don't see uh you know, I remember the days of Sven Goran Eriksson uh leading the way for the English national team. I mean, that was, you know, that I believe that was a Swede, right? He was a Swede running the show. Uh that didn't end well. That didn't end well for England. Um I I think if you're going to have an English manager um doing it and I've seen the Thomas Tuchel um you know rumors and some other things that are floating around uh, I think you have to look at Gareth Southgate's CV so far. And Gareth Southgate has brought them to a World Cup semifinal in 2018. He's brought them to a, uh, a Euro final uh, that unfortunately penalties, um, you know, knocked him out. And when all is said and done, uh, I, I think they, they might not have outplayed France, but they certainly went blow for blow with France and had their chances um, to get to another World Cup semifinals. And they were definitely good enough to get to a World Cup semifinals. And he's brought on a lot of really good young players. um, And the future is incredibly bright. I think Gareth Southgate has to stay English manager. There you go. Look, this is what I got to say as an answer for that. How Southgate done a good job until now as England manager? Yes. Has England played at their full potential? No. Does England have mm. an extremely good amount of quality attacking players? Yes. 
So my the way I see it is, if Thomas Tuchel is appointed as England manager, it would be better <laughs> for England long term. In my opinion, Southgate has done a good job until now, uniting the group. But now yeah. is the clutch time. In any, do I see England winning a World Cup yeah. with Southgate? I never. I never do. I never do. I can put this clip out there because I really can't see it happening. And and the substitutions. Why would you put out Saka, okay? And why would Rashford be put on so late in the game? And Grealish too. The substitutions made no sense in my opinion. And players yeah. like Foden, Jude Bellingham, uh, Saka. I have here Reese James, Mount. Yeah. They would all be better with Thomas Tuchel. Instead of Southgate, in my opinion, ah, in my but opinion, listen, even Poch, even Poch, man, the, even Poch. the international, yeah, but the international managerial kind of whatever is it's a whole lot different than running a club. Mm. It is a whole lot different than running a club. And listen, I'm I'm with you. Gareth Southgate definitely is uh, learning. He's learning on the job. Um, but I do believe whether it's not exponential in terms of retention of uh, learning from his mistakes, he is incrementally learning from his mistakes and he has made some big mistakes. Uh, he, he has definitely made some big mistakes as most um, international managers do at some point. I mean, just look at the bevy of uh, international managerial talent that is now a free agent. Exactly. Right? We have seen exactly. a, a lot. So I, I, I agree. The the issue here in lies, first off, watching a, a German run an English national team, that's going to be weird in and of itself. And I, I don't want to get into like nationalism and I don't want to get into, you know, how interesting like that dichotomy will be. But ultimately, like, I don't know if you're going to, uh, if you're going to promote somebody that is English to be the English national team coach. Mm. I don't know who you do it. I don't know who who does it, who knows the players better than Gareth Southgate um, does. And and frankly, I do think uh, scoring a goal in the run of play would have solved all their issues. I have to ask you just flat out because mm -hmm. I got to get this out of the way. How do you feel about Harry Kane taking the second um, penalty I... uh, against a teammate of almost a decade? against a teammate of almost a decade, who is not known as, like, Mr. Penalty Shot Stopper, mm -hmm. Hugo Lloris. Uh, he scores the first one, scores the first one pretty comfortably. It, it was very apparent to me that when he was running up to take that penalty, that he, like, something went off in his head that was like, oh, I got to switch. And, like, from a technical perspective, uh, lean back and boom, that turned into a field goal, three points, I'm watching American football, right? I, I get um, you. <laughs> I get you. I get where you're coming from. Kane... Making, but Kane was the captain, and Kane is the of captain course. of England. So yeah. I think the second pen would still be, I would still give it to Kane. But I do understand technically, like it, it wasn't the best decision, maybe. But you'd put maybe Saka, that would be another pen. Know. That would be another pen. Yeah. And if Saka missed, then people would be on top of Saka. Like right now, the whole of Brazil is saying, why did Rodrigo do the first pen of, of Brazil? Everybody is, is pointing fingers. On why did Rodrigo do that? So I would have still put Kane doing the second pen. And yeah. England need to, like just like us, one step back to go two steps forward. And just sure. like us, I think Southgate needs to go. And Portugal, 100%, man. Subkish needs and I say it. Fernand Sanchez has to go. 100%. I feel like both don't play 
quality attacking football in the build-up play, like the players they have that they deserve. I'm with you. I hear you. I mean, and but but Fernando Santos. Uh, aside from that, Gonzalo Ramos uh, surprise against Switzerland that happened to work out for him Man. before it all came crashing down. And um, Fernando Santos is 68 years old. Gareth Southgate is a young buck, um, young I, manager that is learning on the job. That I think uh, will actually learn. Maybe not as fast as most English fans would like. They've been waiting since 1966. Uh, but uh, I, I do believe that he will continue to be the best candidate uh, for the foreseeable future. Mm. Um, so I, I am going to say I, I firmly, I, I do actually hope that England holds on to Gareth Southgate <laughs> um, because you don't know what, what the next person provides. I understand. You don't know what I the understand. next person provides. So I, I also agree with you that it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of situation for Harry Kane on that second penalty because you're right. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you would have selected beyond that. All I know is that it was like the worst thing in the world, and yet the only thing that was likely going to happen <laughs> was that Harry Kane was going to take that second penalty, and it was not going to be like the first because it's like I've already done this against a teammate who I've known for nine-plus years who literally studies my every move, and mm-hmm. it was always going to be weird. And that's why when all was said and done, England needed that run-of-play goal that they had chances at. I mean – France True. gifted them chances multiple times. If there's one thing that France is not, it is not this insanely, ridiculously vice-like tight defensive unit yet. Upa Makano made a weird challenge. Teo Hernandez, that was the dumbest defensive challenge I have ever seen against Mason Mount that had come on. And Teo has been virtually, I wouldn't say flawless, but he's been phenomenal for France this whole game. And it almost went up in smoke. Because of that play. And on top of that, Aurelien Schumann, scores that beautiful goal, has a wonderful game for the most part, and then hacks down Bakayo Saka that led to the first penalty. So France gifted England a bunch of, ga- a bunch of chances, but ultimately those chances um, were squandered, one, because they were penalties, and two, they never got that run-of-play goal they needed. Never got it. But tell us down below, people. Do you think Gareth <laughs> Southgate should stay as England manager? Tell us your thoughts about the England game. And yes, your prediction with France-Morocco that we are going to say ours at the end. But tell us down below yeah. yours. We want to know it. So we mentioned managers going, but something, another big disappointment after Morocco against Portugal that was another big one with Croatia going bold once again in a penalty shootout. And surprising the world by beating Brazil. Croatia showing that they have a very united group that knows how to play to their own strengths. Lovren and Kvardiol, what an amazing centre-back duo. And now we understand why the Chelsea, United City and Real Madrid are all willing to spend 90 to 100 100 million reportedly for Kvardiol. Which, that is very bold, man. Very that is uh, that is very bold. Um, but I mean, this is a country of four million people. This is a country of four million people uh, going up against Brazil, which has two hundred million plus people. <laughs> that is literally known for you know being a hotbed uh, of of just footballing brilliance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the what what they are doing as a unit, Croatia, um, obviously makes us all look silly as as people that. Uh, you know, like to make predictions as people that like to watch these footballing games, because when it came down to it, 
dude, like they just get the penalties. They the, fight, they fight, they fight. They're they're they have each other's backs. They do a lot of things right fundamentally. They don't have these ridiculous stars in their crew, except obviously Luca. Um, they they work as a unit and they know each other's flaws and they they compensate for that. And would would I'm sure Croatian fans like to win in regulation? Sure. <laughs> uh, but frankly, if if you want to know the game plan versus Argentina, mm-hmm. it's uh, make them fight, make them fight. And if you got Dominic Lavakovic right now in goal in a penalty shootout, although Emiliano Martinez is going to have something to say about that, uh, I like your chances. I what like your saves, chances. Man. 20 saves in two games Levakovic has, man. And now we all understand why this Croatian academies go bold, okay? Croatian, Levakovic is at Dinam Zagreb right now. (laughs) I know. And we all know this man is going to a big boy team straight in January, just like Amrabat. I already see rumors about Neuer replacement at Bayern Munich, and that is understandably so for Levakovic. And I love to see that. And I, the, the player that we must highlight the most is the icon of Croatia, that is Luka Modric, one of the greatest midfielders to play this game because he's won mm-hmm. five Champions League, he's won a Ballon d'Or, he's led his country to a World Cup final, okay, in the past, and in 2018, and like, yeah, he's 37. He's 37 and, and, again, and he starts for Real Madrid. Like, oh. And again, he's, he's, he's led his country of like not even 4 million people. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is unbelievable when you look at demographics, when you look at population, when you look at the longevity of what Luka Modric has done. Um, I almost have to say that from a longevity perspective, Luka Modric is, is, is the best midfielder of all time. Beyond oh! Iniesta. Beyond... <laughs> You know, uh, come on. I, I'm, I'm thinking Xavi. more recent right now. Uh, beyond, beyond Xavi. Okay. Now, pound for pound, pound for pound, from a footballing perspective, at their pinnacle, Xavi and Iniesta obviously were better footballers mm. per se. But, but in terms of what he has done for as long as he has done, Luca gets my vote. He gets my vote. I understand that, man. And five Champions League once again. I know it's. Casemiro, yeah. Kroos, Modric getting the five Champions League. But the best out of the three, we all know, is Luka Modric. And that's why he's got the Ballon d'Or, man. So just seeing that too, Brozovic, Perisic, Lovren, Levakovic, Gvardiol, all players that are willing to die for their country of Croatia, man. And you feel <laughs> that spirit on the pitch. You feel it like yeah. in a such as... And, and for Brazil, man. Tite, mm-hmm. Tite. Did bad decisions, okay? Substitutions. Who does the pens to, man? Everything was done wrong in that game. And there's a reason why Tite didn't even go to the pitch after the game. He went straight yeah. to the locker room. This man doesn't deserve to be the coach of Brazil. That's it. That's it. Brazil deserves someone to win Wexa. And Tite ain't yeah. that man. Tite ain't yeah. that man. And this new generation, Vinicius Jr., Martinelli, Rodrigo, Henry coming up too that we're going to mention. All these oh, yeah. players deserve a proper manager. Like Abel Freire, Jorzuz, much better names than Tite. Much better names. And they want yeah. them. So I got to say that, man. 
I mean, he he Tite wants to get in on the dancing, but he doesn't want to be there to actually uh, lift his players up uh, at their biggest time of need. But... And I'm I'm gonna say it right now. Um, after Neymar scored that beautiful, beautiful interplay goal that where he rounded Lavakovic, um, what the hell were they all doing? Fuck. Why? They they literally they took the foot off the gas pedal. Okay, mm -hmm. I get it. You th th their best though. Their best was when you're using offense as your best defense and you still have this amazingly organized defense, that's how you best play. You're Brazil. You're Brazil. <laughs> they sat back. It was as if they had already won the game. That, that utter it's crap. True. It's true. Absolutely utter crap. And you know who I blame for that beyond Tite? I, I do blame Neymar. I blame Neymar. I blame Casemiro. Uh, I blame the I two blame center backs. They should have been literally going around Firing up every one of those individuals saying, you know, we fight for everything from here on out. This game is not won. And you know where else we saw it? I don't mean to overgeneralize the South American teams here. Mm -hmm. But we also saw it when Netherlands put Voot Veghorst on the field <laughs> against Argentina. Argentina shut down. They stopped playing football. They instead wanted to play shithousery games. Right? Mm -hmm. And Enzo Fernandez got sucked into it. Messi got sucked into it. A bunch of different players got sucked into it. Netherlands made them pay. But Brazil, back to Brazil, that was their downfall. After Neymar scored, they thought, game's over. Mm -hmm. Now, they're obviously professionals. They didn't play necessarily that way. But that little extra fight that you see in Croatia, that little extra fight that you see in Morocco, you know, these young snippy underdogs, which you can't even call Croatian underdog anymore because of what they've done. True. They made, they made Brazil pay. True. Morocco made Portugal pay, and and it just it, it's amazing. It's amazing that Brazil had gotten that far. They had gotten their goal that they didn't get it done. Um, but Favorite listen, I, I got to bring people. up. Yeah, I got to bring up one other thing there because this is uh, I believe I'm stealing this from Fox. Uh, their broadcast here. Uh, I did not know this, but Luka Modric and Dominic Lavakovic are not only from, obviously, the same country of Croatia, they're from the same tiny little 60,000, 70,000-person town in Croatia. My. And they, I believe it's called Zadar. And uh, it's just amazing that two guys that literally are a country's hero right now, country's heroes, I'm sure there will be statues, uh, <laughs> did this for such a small, small nation. It's just unbelievable what Croatia is doing right now. And they made both of us look silly uh, in terms of uh, what we thought was going to happen, Brazil. Brazil had the talent to get it done, and they didn't get it done. It's true. I'm, I'm getting the silly band, but Portugal now with... Uh, I did call Brazil, uh, France, and Argentina, but like the rest... Hey like 50% we did get right. <laughs> it's, hum it's humbling. It's humbling oh, to say the least. But listen, favorites are favorites for a reason. Um, but when it comes down to the World Cup, and it comes down to a 90 minutes, 120 minutes of a game... Um, heart does play a lot of a big role, um, a massive role. Like this, I, these are long ago, you would see a six zero world cup semifinal because there was massive differences in mm -hmm. the training, in the, in the, whatever nutrition, in the, you know, the upbringings of the players and their career paths. Mm -hmm. Um, and there would be literally professionals against amateurs. Mm -hmm. Not anymore. Not True. anymore. When it comes to a world cup quarterfinal, um, the playing, field is a whole lot more level than people give it credit for true true and 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 what i like about the teams that we're mentioning with portugal brazil 
England, all these teams that lost in this World Cup, they have young yeah. cores. And Spain too. And Germany partially with Musiala, Mukoko and Wirtz. These are young yeah. teams. Rebuilds are starting for these nations too. So that's what makes it all very interesting. And all new managers. All have to have new mm -hmm. managers. All the teams I referred to. So to start uh, properly the rebuild with the youth. Although but, ha Hansi lives on. Hansi Flick lives on. Oh my days, man. It's He's <laughs> He stays. I, I, is Timo Werner that important? That's what I gotta say, man. Is Timo Werner that important just to justify that uh, loss, man? I don't but, know. But yes, people, put down below your thoughts about this Croatian team. And just like England, if they need a change, Brazil made the choice to do a change. So put down below your decision for who should be the next manager of Brazil, okay? Because yeah, yeah. That's, everything's open right now with that one Oof. but you mentioned that 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 epic just like england france could be a final netherlands argentina that was a, a huge spectacle too and messi yeah. had to dig deep and he turned up okay pessy comments just like penaldo comments shouldn't exist pessy yeah. comments shouldn't exist too i've never said that on tape that is total cap the community knows so big credit yeah. to messi Can in this game could we all just live in a world where we, we, we can equally enjoy what Cristiano Ronaldo has given to the game and what Leo Messi has given to the game? Can we all just live in that world? I'd like to go. I don't care. I'll, I'll give it 50-50. I don't care. I don't need to have a winner between a Messi goat and a Ronaldo goat comment. They both have given so much to this game um, in different ways. Uh, and and they've, I, I just it pisses me off that people take sides. Sorry. <laughs> ah, that's anyway. Argentina, Argentina Netherlands. <laughs> yes. Whoa, Argentina man. Netherlands was another one where, where my goodness, uh, who knew that that Voot Veghorst, six foot five, six foot six, uh, big boy, uh, on loan at Besiktas, 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 and uh, on loan from Burnley. So he could have been in <laughs> Vincent Company's, uh, you know, view. Uh, for a while, and we all know Veghorst, uh, his name very well in England. Um, but man, oh man, <laughs> what the what the heck? Argentina almost pissed that away. Yep, they that's... almost pissed it away. Uh, but mm -hmm. they didn't. It's true. It's didn't. true. Like Argentina, like I have to say that Argentina, because of Lionel Messi, they're right yeah. now favorites. Okay, and no, maybe I'll say because of Messi. Argentina are second favorites. Mbappe, because of Mbappe, and France are favorites to win this World Cup. Mm -hmm. But maintaining the Holland and, and Argentina, I was kind of surprised. Kind of surprised mm. how good of, of, a, of an ending that Louis van Gaal will have as the coach of the Netherlands. Because his substitutions were absolutely crucial. And he shows the difference of a good manager instead of a Ferdinand Sanch. Because Veg Horst, is that, am I getting it right? Veg Horst, yeah. Veg Horst, he completely yep. changed the game, okay? He gave total different dynamic. And every Argentino player got rattled by this yep. man, okay? They couldn't stop him with his height. And that was a quality moment shown by Louis van Gaal. So I think Netherlands, again, just like us, one step back, two step forward. Trust like youngsters like Frank Pong, Delict being there. Uh, you yeah. got a lot, a lot of youth. So, Cody Gakpo. It, 
it is amazing though that like Argentina executed their game plan pretty well. Cody Gakpo was kept silent. Fuck. I don't think he I, he was he was shown to have limitations in this game. He couldn't get it done. Uh, Memphis Depay kept quiet. Bergvine kept quiet, you know? And when all was said and done, Louis Van Gaal throws a guy that, like, almost feels very anti-football because he's just a big guy that you lump crosses into. Um, in the end, that type of directness got it done. And my goodness, that that set-piece play, yep. um, we've True. all seen it before. But to pull it out in a World Cup quarterfinal? Very hard. Fucked. Fucked. <laughs> Shows the brilliance of Van Gaal. It just shows the yeah. brilliance of Van Gaal. you got to train wow. that mentally, the players, to do that too. So big yeah. credit to the Netherlands. Like, Netherlands, they leave this World Cup with their head hub, hub eye. We don't, Portugal. Spain doesn't. Uh. Germany doesn't. Belgium doesn't. Like, but yeah. Holland did a good job. And they went against one of the best teams in the world. They had 36 mm -hmm. wins nonstop Argentina before this World Cup. So... Understandable, well, man. Understandable. But and there was there was definitely a game under the game that true. was going on. There was the game that was being played on the field, <laughs> and then there were definitely mind games galore Fuck. all across the board. And I know what what everybody has seen that has been circulated across the world um, has been that Argentina literally just laughing in the face, essentially, of the Dutch uh, players after that final Lautaro Martinez penalty kick went in. But, man, there was so much more bubbling under the surface here. We got Leo Messi throwing out Bobo, you know, calling Vut Veghorst a Bobo in the tunnel. We got Leo Messi going after Louis van Gaal. We've got van Gaal saying disrespectful comments about Argentina previous to this. My goodness, if you want a game under a game, you got it. With the Dutch versus Argentina, and this felt a lot, not that I was around, but if you read about the former days of the Dutch versus Argentina in the 70s and the 80s, uh, this felt a lot like a revival of that in some respects. <laughs> oh, um, but crazy. nobody can take away, Leo Messi had himself a day. Fuck. Come on. A Fuck. goal, and that no-look pass, essentially, that assist uh, was beautiful. Um, it just shocks me that, like, now, just now, Leo Messi has finally equalized uh, uh, Gabriel Batistuta's um, World Cup goal total for Argentina. Oh. Finally, you know? Like, you know? It, it took uh, long. That's, it shows it, the level of a player that I was. And they still have Maradona yeah. in the locker room, Argentina. Like, what, and what a great country. It, exactly. And what is even more crazy about that Batistuta, you know, little statistic there is Batistuta had every chance heading in, I believe it was the 2002 World Cup, everybody, I think it was Marcelo Bielsa, um, showing my age here, but everybody thought that was going to be like Argentina's year, right? They were, they had a team. They had a team, a team, a team. And it was going to be so good, Batistuta's last last run for it. Um, and I believe they crashed out in the groups group stage right because of a beckham goal or what something like that whatever that was a one zip loss to england um but batastuta had every chance to add more to his world cup total and never did so it's amazing what gabriel batastuta did considering leo messi just now after five world cups five yeah five? Yeah, yeah, yeah is uh is match is matching him so um uh, amazing amazing Mad. stuff but but yeah, now we got Argentina, okay, that are going to go against Croatia. That's going to be a tough match to, to – very tough match to predict, I guess. <laughs> but Argentina I, are favorites. 
our favorites. Yeah. So I think we can say the prediction on this one because we refer to both teams. What do you think is going to happen? Luka Modric oh. going insanely bold. <laughs> Uh, here, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> it, it, it here's the thing. I, I don't learn from my own mistakes. But when you look at these teams uh, on paper, Argentina has to get this done in regulation. I, I, they have to get it done in regulation. So they're going to have to go for it. And uh, I, I think Croatia already knows their game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't know if there's a different ending here, but I feel like there will be a different ending. So... Croatia, uh, I know we've seen a lot of you guys in our comments. We appreciate you following us and keeping us humble. Um, but I am unfortunately going to have to say, once again, I believe Argentina will go through over Croatia to the final. I'm going to agree with you. I will lean on Argentina <laughs> too on this one. And in players like Alvarez, Enzo, Molina plays good football. And Emi Martinez, man. Emi Martinez is the biggest player behind um, Lionel Messi in this World Cup for Argentina, in my opinion. Yeah. I put Enzo yeah. third, maybe. And that just shows like how good of a World Cup Emi Martinez is having. So, <laughs> we already have a prediction done. Now we need to go on to the next game prediction. But we got to talk yeah. about Morocco, Portugal, man. Like, whoa. Yeah. And my first thing that I got to say, man, Morocco, they're the first African team to get to the semifinals of this World Cup. And they, yeah. of all teams, had the most difficult route getting there. They played Croatia, Belgium, Canada in the group of death, in my opinion, and then Spain and Portugal. So big Big credits to this Moroccan team that is doing history and in the most difficult way. So they deserve it, man. They really do. They, they, they absolutely do. This is, a, this is an example of a team playing uh, better as the sum of all parts uh, than, than just riding a coattail of one player. Um, in some respects, to win a World Cup, sometimes that's, that's what you need. Uh, but what they're not, even if they don't win this World Cup, mm-hmm. even if they don't win this World Cup, my goodness, have they basically rearranged history they've changed it all uh, when it comes down to it and they have found a way um to continue to get the most out of each individual player and that has been the difference almost every time it has been that little extra synapse firing that says i want the ball more than the person i'm up against that 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 little bit of fatigue that might creep in that they fend off that the other player does not because it didn't matter if it was the 119th minute or the fourth minute. The, the Moroccan team just looked like they always wanted it more, right? Um, and I, I hate to say that about Portugal, and I do have to give you a lot of credit for coming out and being as heartbroken as you were to give all the credit or a lot of the credit uh, in the world to what Morocco did in terms of executing a game plan. You can disagree with how the game plan was executed. You can disagree with the defensive nature of it. But ultimately, if that's going to win you the game, Morocco played to their strength, which was being a unit and ultimately being so defensively organized that it was tough to break down. That's simple. It's true. Um, and Amrabat so, deserves credit. Roman oh my gosh, yeah. deserves credit. Onahi yeah. for sure is going to leave wherever he is. Buffal. Oh, yeah. Uh, El Nesri, uh, yeah, Nakim Ziyech, I don't know if I referred. And I got to say, like Morocco, just Morocco until now, no opposition has scored a goal 
against this Moroccan defense, okay? They only yep. have an own goal against Canada. And the reason why this is happening, it's Bono. This is the Bono effect. And that's why he's the best goalkeeper in this World Cup. Levakovic can be mentioned, but Bono is the reason why this team can't stop having clean sheets. The most difficult yeah. club to the semi-final, man. What and and and, and, and yeah, I, I mean, there's a common theme here, right? Look at all the semifinalists. Yeah. And then look at their goalkeepers. Ah. Every one of their goalkeepers has gone bold for the good, most part. Okay. The last last on the list is probably the best from a club perspective, uh, Hugo Lloris. Good point. But every one of these other goalkeepers have literally um, earned themselves massive moves if they want them. Uh, at the end of the season. The only other name I would throw out there from a goalkeeper perspective is probably Chesney, mm -hmm. right, from Poland, um, which obviously they ran into Argentina. But when it comes down to it, common theme here has been steady goalkeeper, uh, a goalkeeper that when uh, he was called upon, they, they he stood on his head. Mm -hmm. He did what he needed to do to keep that kind of defensive chemistry uh, together, to keep everything together. Because you got to remember, and I hate to kind of kick Portugal while they're down, but from a personnel perspective, um, I said this, and I'm rightfully getting burned for it. I'm rightfully getting burned for it in the comment section. But uh, Naifa Gerd, literally, he did play essentially on one leg and eventually had to go out, right? Uh, not only that, Roman Saiz eventually, eventually had to go out as well. And yep. they were looking at their backup center backs, El Yamik. I forget who came on, but whoever came on just kind of stuck together. And not only that, Nusser Masrawi was also out mm -hmm. with an injury. So it was yep. a backup left back as well. And these guys, this credit, when all is said and done, not only goes to Bono to keeping them all together, not only goes back to the center back uh, partnership and these guys playing together, but on top of that, it has to go back to who? Walid Raguayi. I, I don't know if I'm saying his name yeah. right, but it has to go back to the coach. And the coach, I believe he was a defender um, previously for Morocco. Maybe that has something to do with it, but my goodness, um, the pride that these guys have to play for their country, the the, the fight for every freaking ball, um, it, it, that in and of itself was the most impressive thing that I've, I've seen beyond and uh, individual players playing so well beyond what you would have expected. Them to who will sign Amrabat? Who will sign Amrabat for you, Breton? Who should sign uh, Amrabat if I can make well, a difference? Uh, my United? goodness. United? <laughs> here's the thing. Chelsea? It needs, to be, it needs to be somebody that has the same coaching style as, as, his, national team, uh, as mm. his national team coach. I think he plays insanely well in this Moroccan system in, mm. in what they're set out to do. So uh, who's a defense first type of coach? Graham Potter. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Chelsea. Uh, that, there you go. Well, but I know I, I, wherever he goes, I could see Juve getting him just because Serie A uh, and he leaves Fiorentina yeah. to then go Juve. But I didn't have mm. the chance to say this in the Portugal video. And if you can, go check it out. My thoughts after the yeah. Moroccan game here on YouTube. I want to say thank you, though. Like, I want to say thank you to Pep that, in my opinion, no <clears> doubt in my mind, is the best Portuguese centre-back ever in our history. And I want to give a thank you to Cristiano Ronaldo too. Like, the best forward ever in Portugal history. And he's changed. He's changed our country. Okay, Figu, when he was the Ballon d'Or winner, like, we were still seen as a small country. And I think Cristiano leaves. Uh, if he I think he's decided to leave. After the Euros until... But, like... Ugh. 
I think Cristiano can leave with his head up high, the Portuguese national team. And the, the, the impact he's had, winning a Euro, going to a final of a Euro, being considered one of the top nations in the world. It's, mm-hmm. I just, all I gotta say is thank you, really, really, Pep and Christian Ronaldo, man. Like, those yeah, two well, are definitely, t- they touch my heart. They touch my heart, yeah. man. So, uh, I, I just wanted no, to let that. I just wanted to let yeah, that. I think that's uh, 100% valid, Alex. I think what it comes down to is it, it, whether you're a Messi fan, Ronaldo fan, whether you're Portuguese, whether you're Argentinian or from America, like me, uh, uh, I know that, um, thousands if not hundreds of thousands of portuguese footballers um grew up with pep on the wall grew up with cristiano ronaldo on the wall but it doesn't stop there um both of those guys uh have inspired you know others (laughs) that will never go on to play for portugal and so um unreal pep like i uh, this is the thing i say thank you to pep because i realize in two three years time pep is a leader pep like a 39 immense but we haven't done you silva coming up we have Ruben <laughs> Dias there. We have players that will be leading the world in the next four to eight years. And that's why we cannot have a coach like Fernand Sanch, okay? The head, of, uh, the head manager of Portugal. In that game, Vitinha should have started. The build-up play. Gustav Ramos didn't even touch the ball in the first half. Big credit to Morocco. But Vitinha would have broken the lines. And João Cancel. João Cancel. Rafael Guerreiro won't even stay at Dortmund. They won't extend his contract. Everybody played well against Switzerland. But we needed Cancel against Morocco. Against Hakimi. Against the big boys of this world. So that's where I, it's criminal to have for them such a head. And we all know the leader of the locker room was always Christian. Fernand Sanch is not the main man. We need someone after Christian to be the main man to go with this youth. Jean-Felix, Rafael Yeo, Daniel Silva, Vitinha, Fabio Vieira, Fabio Carvalho. We need you, José Mourinho. We need you. Yeah. This is the man. Mm. Nobody will... Go against Mourinho in the locker room, and everybody will listen. And I see people hating and saying, look what he's doing at Roma. Imagine what he'd do with the players we have at Portugal. This, it would be his best team ever. Best team ever. Okay? Okay, maybe Real Madrid. Uh, that was a top team too. But Portugal would definitely be a much better team than a lot of that he's had in the past. So, I just want to say that too. Jeez, man. I'm going to say, I want to... I want to. I want to see Abel Ferrer. I'd like a bell too. I'd like. I think uh, a bell would guide the youth like he did with Hendrik, but Jose Mourinho wants it. I think if I Jose Mourinho wants it, it's a vacant spot. He gets it. And at fifty-nine, I mean, that would be a great last dance for Jose Mourinho, the the best manager I've seen. Okay, uh, in my opinion, because look what he did at Inter. That was a remontada. He wasn't picked to yeah. be Barca coach, so he gets revenge at Real Madrid. So, one of the biggest villains of the history of football, too, Maureen. Just like Christian Ronald. So, both Portuguese. Yeah. So, I think, yeah. yeah. And they would clash them, them too. And I, yeah. I, Mourinho would say to Ronald, you're a sub now. You're a sub now. And I think Ronaldo would respect Mourinho's authority. With Fernand Sanch, there's zero. Zero authority. I can tell you that. I, fear, I know some things behind the scenes. And Fernand Sanch has zero grip 
of that locker room. So it's time mm. for change. It's time for change. And Otavio can't so, start above Vitinha in the future. Just can't. Just can't. I was a little... Sh- I mean, I, I know you said he played well against Switzerland, but I, I, I'll say it right now. I mean, the fact that there was such that run on Switzerland, that six goals, that ended up being that double-edged sword, right? It was kind of like, it was a great thing in the moment, but when all is said and done, whether you win 2-1 or you win 6-1, right? They both mm-hmm. get you to the same place. And in the end, really all it did was maybe kind of, even if it was subliminally, because I'm pretty certain that obviously every one of those Portuguese players wanted to get to the semifinals. Uh, I think subliminally, there's just that foot that was off the gas pedal. There was that urgency that just kind of never really got there. And then once Morocco got that goal, it was all trying to break down this vice-like tight defense that was so packed in, that was just so just tough. And, and obviously that's what got Moroccan success pretty much the whole tournament, and they knew exactly what to do once they got that goal. Um, I, I'm i with you. I, I just, I don't know. I Like, a Mourinho team for me, from mm-hmm. an outsider perspective, leading Portugal, it just doesn't... It's it happen. feels like a team... It almost feels like a team I want to root against because Mourinho, <laughs> I just feel like, is... From a trajectory perspective... He's a villain. Exactly. I'd rather see a guy that fosters and and is more of a man manager now uh, Mm. and and is a guy that gets the most out of his players. Um, I feel like an Abel Ferreira could be that. I just I understand why we want to go down the Mourinho route. Mm -hmm. Um, But listen, it's it's quick. You got two years to the Euros and then three and a half years until uh, this World Cup's back in sight. You want to give him a full cycle. Now's the time to do it. But first things first, announce that Fernando Santos exit. And, and get moving and get these get these players. But what you're telling me is Cristiano Ronaldo is not retiring from international play. Uh, is that what you're telling me? I think that decision is still to be made, but I think he's going to stay until the Euros, like he said before. Okay. I think uh. I think he and World Cup is a stretch, man. I hope if he goes yeah. to the MLS, he has like a huge like mentality change, and then he becomes a super sub. Because if <laughs> Ronaldo, if Cristiano Ronaldo is in the next World Cup. He'll be 41, and he has to be at a super sub role. We would only win a World Cup if a 41-year-old had that super sub role. If, if he's capable of doing that, okay? We need to accept that time hits everyone too. So, it's just sad, man. But talking about the future, so Morocco, France, okay? Both uh, French-speaking countries. Who's going to go through? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, here we go again, right? Uh, I, I think this this time the favorite goes through. Uh, obviously, so we've been too. wrong. We've been absolutely wrong about Morocco <laughs> so far. Um, well, but I, I well. do think Fr- France France will get it done. Um, I honestly don't want to say any more than that because I'm going to just get killed <laughs> in the comments uh, when Morocco makes it to the fun. No, just kidding. I I do think um, I think Kylian Mbappe as an X factor. Um, mm-hmm. I think Antoine Griezmann, he's completely fine pulling the strings without getting, you know, all the plaudits with Olivier Giroud uh, scoring the goals he needs to score. Uh, they need to kind of put that defensive unit uh, back together and make sure that they don't, um, you know, karate kick somebody uh, into a penalty kick type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am going to say France has it done. They've got muscle memory in this situation. They know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, France beats Morocco, uh, goes to the final, sets up a France-Argentina final. Um, and what then do you Morocco think? gets third place. I like that then, happening. Ooh, but uh, Morocco. but I'd still, 
I'm gonna go bold and say, man, if they beat us, if they beat Spain, why not beat France too, man? So <laughs> I'll go, I'll go with Morocco on this one and see that they're gonna lose now. Wow! And see that wow. they're gonna lose now, and then people are gonna be saying, "When you pick, they lose." <laughs> hey, right, hey, and sorry. listen, you, when when they've got the formula right, as you just <laughs> mentioned, when they've got the formula right, you don't need to change it. So. Would it surprise me if Morocco outlasts France, gets the gold, does the same thing? They're no, playing at not home, now. Um, it's insane, if, man. I was watching if, that Morocco-Portugal, and the amount yeah. of like sound that the Morocco fans, the whole uh, continent of Africa wants Morocco to succeed. And it's a beautiful story in that sense. It's, it's football. It's football. This is what you want to see. Like In the future, it's not going to be one continent or two continents dominating uh, football. I want to see uh, a world where footballing is elevated. Yeah. You know, so much on all the different continents that we get the developmental pipelines that everybody just wants to play football all the time Japan. so that I can just watch football all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Japan I want to see the Korea. next time. Two Asian yes. teams. They went through and Australia went through in Oceania. So yeah. this world cup in terms of bold moments, in terms of surprises, in terms of underdog stories, it can't stop going bold. So I just have to yeah. mention that on my end. Last, last thing I'll say about Morocco. One thing, I don't know if it's just kind of a media thing. I'm sure there are other teams that are at this World Cup uh, that brought their moms, that brought their dads, that, you know, sh they didn't get a camera on them when they were going to them in the stands. Uh, but uh, for some reason, uh, the, the media has shown... You know, Akraf Hakimi, after every game, going to his mom, finding his mom, and giving Buffal. her the biggest hug in the world. Uh, seeing, yeah, Sofiane Bufal, seeing uh, Amrabat, seeing um, uh, Amrabat's brother, Amrabat's brother, like, talking about his his younger brother with tears in his eyes, mm -hmm. right? Like, it, it. there is something, and Walid Regragi, Regragi, mm -hmm. uh, the coach, finding his mom and, and making sure that his mom was there. Uh, there is just something incredibly wholesome about that. It it hits whether you are from America, from Iraq. It just tugs at a heartstring, right? Um, so yeah. I, I do love that this, you can tell that this is just a unified uh, unified unit. That um, when, when you come together as a team, you have decent footballing levels, uh, but you have spirit more than anything else. It, it can take you pretty damn far. Um, and, and it has for Morocco. Um, and I think every other team could probably use a little more of that. Um, yeah, that's so true. that's true. people. So tell us your predictions of the semifinal of this world cup down below who will go through between Argentina and Croatia and France, Morocco, any of the outcomes will be historic to watch. So tell us down below your thoughts on yeah. this one. Oof. So Ian, well, last mentions, Breton. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't mean to end things on a bad note um, or on a sad note, but I do want to make sure that we uh, mention the name Grant Wall. Uh, listen, if you if you know the trajectory uh, and you've watched the traje trajectory and growth of uh, soccer, of football in the United States uh, or even in North America as a whole, um, you probably know that Grant Wall was a just a massive massive portion of that and i know he's influenced me even if it has been indirectly but to see the amount of people that have come out 
and said just so many amazing things about how he was a connector, about how all he wanted to do was talk and argue football all the time and talk about how it would best grow. He's one of the only American journalists I know that have ever literally sat down with all of the world footballing superstars. He's a guy that has set a precedent from a journalism perspective uh, here in the States. And to to see that he was taken away from us at 48 years old, um, you know, with so many more stories to tell, it's it's it brings, you know, it, it makes me pretty, pretty sad and emotional. Um, so it just, you know, give your loved ones uh, another hug. Um, because sometimes, Hey, we wake up every morning wanting to talk about football, but you know, you never know when, when your night is your last night, when your day is your last day. So you got to make it count. And that's why we love doing this and connecting with as many people as we can through this. And I hope to do it until I'm old gray and out the door. Um, (laughs) but man, you will, man. Oh, been a crazy world cup. So, uh, rest in peace, Grant. And, uh, we'll, we'll try and, um, pick up even the, tiny little bit of stories that you weren't able to tell uh if alex and i can tell some for you we'll do so we'll definitely do so man and rest in peace man rest in peace and what a what a great story of football u.s men's national team football like a hero in journalism definitely in the states man so people don't forget to like episode at 84 if you are here until now and please Put down below your semi-final predictions. We want to know. And final predictions if you're listening and you already know who's through. Thank you for listening to episode 84. And thank you for going bold, community. (laughs) 